0: Welcome everybody to The Full Count. I'm your host, IBS Seizes. With me is my co-host, Brian Malone, and we are back for another MLB podcast. How you doing, Brian? Good, man. What's going on? Hey, before we start, I want to let everybody know that um, we are doing or trying to do big things here at IBN. We do now have a clubhouse. Um, If you have not seen the link, please join the clubhouse. You can look me up, Actively Lazy. Uh, The room is called IBN Game Threads. Starting in 2021, uh for the college football and NFL season, we will be using Clubhouse for live game threads. I think it'll be a good thing, especially come basketball season. It'll definitely be huge uh during basketball season. Also don't forget to support our other podcasts. We have the um team turnbuckle podcast, uh the You Got a Minute Fan podcast. I do a college football podcast which will be coming up this Thursday. Uh, we'll be talking about the ACC. We just broke down the group of five and then also be on the lookout for our NFL podcast as well. All right. So I got all that out the way. Let's get to strike one. Strike one. Someone has to win this shit. The NL East has a new leader, it is the Philadelphia Phillies. If you are looking for a way to lose a division, going two and eight in your last ten games will get it done. New York Mets. Um, well, we especially both... when
1: especially when three of those games were against the Phillies.
0: Yeah, and we've both been talking about this um on the regular. And I, and I'm looking at the standings. And again, is there there just can't possibly be a worse division in baseball? The Braves run differential is plus sixty five. Plus 65. The next closest run differential in the NL East is the Phillies at minus 5 and they're up 2 games in the division. Somebody's got to win it. What are we doing in the NL East, Malone?
1: Yeah, I don't even know, man, cuz like I I, I want to give it to you guys. Like I think the Braves probably have the best roster, you know what I mean, in the beginning of the year like I think everybody expected the Braves to be the best team, but then you lost arguably the best hitter in the national league um and the phillies like bryce harper looking like bryce harper again like this is the first time i've seen him have this kind of streak in four or five years which i think if he can keep this up for another month and a month month and a half like he he might be able to carry the phillies to win that division
0: and it's not just harper either man like they they've been getting contributions from across the board but you know, it's it's something that I just sound like a broken record, but I'll just say it again and again. If you don't have a bullpen, how serious can I take you? Like their bats are good, but they're not better than Atlanta's bats when Atlanta's bats are on, and that's even with Acuna out the game. Um, like we we can hit, man, and so it comes down to pitching, and or maybe it might just come down to clutch hits. Who knows? But I don't think anybody I mean, in this I, I division can tell you right
1: now. The, the Mets aren't getting either one. Yeah, <laughs> like the Mets aren't getting pitching or clutch hitting or any type of hitting at all. Like uh, I think the Mets, it's one too many injuries for the Mets. I mean, you look at all the injuries they had, all the guys that went down this year. Losing to Grom just really killed any momentum they really had.
0: Um, and honestly, I don't think either of these teams are worthy of a playoff spot, man. Like, it's just going to be an embarrassment. Um phillies are the hottest team in the league right now though you got to give it to them they've won eight in a row i don't yep nobody's even close to that right now eight in a row um they have a date with the los angeles dodgers um tomorrow if they come out ahead in that series which just to give you an example dodgers one differential is plus 171 so yeah <laughs> I mean, but
1: that's why and they that's gonna what I'm be easy phillies. like that's what i'm saying about the phillies it's like we don't there's not a ton of time left in the season and if the phillies can get on some keep this kind of run going for you know even the next two three weeks and open up a little bit like i think whoever's playing the best at the end of the season is going to win that division you know what i mean it's going to take somebody on a hot streak at the end of the year to win the division
0: yeah um and the phillies have it going right now i mean we in baseball you typically see like two sets of runs um, when we're talking about the latter half of the season. Typically, there's a, a team that makes a run in August and a team that makes a run in September. Um, I mean, I just, again, I just worry about the bullpen. But the thing about it is, and what I've kind of been noticing about Girardi is he's been stretching those starters as far as he possibly can over this last couple weeks and I'm wondering if that's going to uh, be one of those risky strategies that comes back to bite him uh, later on. But I don't think there's a pitcher pitching better than Zach Wheeler in the league right now. No,
1: I, honestly, I don't think – I mean, like we, like you just said, I don't think either one of those teams is deserving of a playoff spot. And I, I think Girardi understands, like, I just need to win this division. You know, we're not expected to win a playoff spot, like win a playoff series. We just need to get into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, probably um, And He's he's made some questionable Switches in his lineup as well So I, I, I can see Where that mentality is probably the Correct one, but again, we can't talk About how sorry this division is without Getting back to your original statement about The Mets, I will give the Mets a slight pass, they don't Have the Grom, they don't have Syndergaard They don't have um, A host of bullpen guys And um I want to say they got another starting pitcher injury. Carrasco just came back. Stroman has basically been the only healthy pitcher that they've had. Um, But it's not so much about the pitching, because the pitching hasn't been god-awful. But the bats, man, what is going on with the New York Mets' bats?
1: Well, it's just
0: guys who,
1: like, it's a perfect storm. Like, the same thing, it's something in the water in New York. Yankees can't hit, you know what I mean? It's like... The Mets have guys who, in the past, have been good hitters that just aren't hitting this year. I mean, Michael Conforto is a good example. Like, that's a dude that's hit 35 home runs in this league and just, I think, what's he hitting? Like, 190 right now? Something like the 200? Like, Michael Conforto has just been awful. And they're mm-hmm. not getting anything. I mean, Jeff McNeil's another guy, two, two, three-time All-Star. Like, he's hitting, like, 220 right now. They're just not getting any type of production. They trade for Lindor. They pay Lindor all that money, and Lindor's having his worst season of his career. Like they just its it's been that perfect storm of all the possible bad luck that could have came together for these hitters all at the same time
0: Yeah, and then they added bias which didn't make any sense Because he yeah. wanted to play with Lindor then and the defense is is probably uh, As good as has been over the years, although There was a time um, When Lindor went out that they were really struggling on the left side of the of the diamond, but it seems like they kind of got it back together. But you're right, Lindor, high hopes from Lindor. Um, and I was big on Lindor too. Uh, coming from Cleveland, I thought it was a great signing, but he has not lived up to that, uh, billing, which seems to happen a lot to New York teams. It's not just the Mets, the Yankees had that, that problem too. Maybe it's the, maybe it's just the, the bright lights, you know? But yeah, uh, it's, it's
1: a lot of, it's like, it's like, it's like you look at these guys, like, I I guarantee you Kyle Kuzma has a better season this year with the Wizards than he would have last next year with the Lakers and not even just because of like but it's that it's the, the pressure of playing in LA there's no pressure playing in DC and and that happens a lot in baseball in every sport
0: yeah I agree um another thing that cannot be overlooked uh we don't typically talk about these types of things um in the media but and I'm not calling myself the media, but like the media doesn't typically cover this. But you gotta you gotta think that firing somebody like Chili Davis mid season also or early on in the season also didn't help their bats. I I think Chili Davis got a bad bad rap for uh, a guy in Lindor who was slumping, and it's not Lindor's fault. But um you know when the star player isn't hitting, typically. His will roll and it won't be the star player's head that will roll right um, they paid
1: way too much money for
0: that. yeah and so i i really think they should have seen that out chili davis is a proven hitting coach man like you gotta let that you gotta let that ride like I mean, baseball is mean, such I mean, a long-term sport you can't you playing, can't just,
1: just yeah, no, yeah you can't
0: ahead. just pull a trigger on somebody a, a month and a half into a season um especially coming off the the covet year uh, when everything was already out right. of whack anyway
1: Right. And that's what I was, was going to reiterate the same point. Like, baseball is such a long, drawn out sport that, like, it's six, 700 bats in a season. And it's about consistency at bat to at bat, whether you get the results or not. It's about having the same consistent approach at bat to bat. And if you're a hitting coaches mid season and you get a whole different message,
0: it can really throw stuff off. You. That's a proof. So we've got three teams within three games. Um, for better or worse, the NL East is still wide open, even though the Phillies are surging right now. All it takes is, is one bump in the road. They could lose a series against Atlanta, or the Mets could come back in a, in a series later in the year and, and win, and we could have a lot of drama down the stretch. Um, switching over to our foul tip, if you haven't heard the news, and we're not going to spend a ton of time on it, and I'm, I'm done patting myself on the back, but Ramon Lariano – um, the center fielder for the Oakland Athletics Tested positive for a banned substance um, He got an 80-day suspension uh, He will be sorely missed From the defensive side for sure He was trending down drastically um, When he got the suspension However, the guy that they called up I think his name is Scott Brown Is only batting 199 So, And he doesn't have nearly the pop So um, I'm, I'm pretty sure He is being missed not surprised not surprised um what had happened but i gotta say i am disappointed it's one of those things where you don't necessarily want to be right you know
1: right right Uh, nobody wants to be like hey that guy's on steroids but when you see some things like the 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 numbers just coming out of nowhere like he had you know what i mean it it definitely raises eyebrows
0: yeah it was the power numbers man I, i like i said back in may you know, that, that one game sticks out in my mind. It was 14-mile-per-hour wind blowing in from left, and everybody's ball is getting smacked out the air, and this guy had two home runs, and he's the smallest guy on the field. Like, look, There's a lot of things that, that can happen uh, where you can say size don't matter, but in that case, no, no way in hell. Um, his suspension is for Ju- uh, July incident, or started in July. Um, I guess that's when he hit the radar. And so it's it's hard to say exactly how long the eighty games will go if they're if they're gonna reduce it or if they're gonna stick with it and kind of make an example out of him. Um. So he won't be back for the postseason. Even if he was um back before the postseason, he wouldn't be eligible. Uh, the substance that he had, I'm gonna try to pronounce this nandrolone. I think is what it's called. It's a performance enhancing substance that's banned. It can be found in pork um, in certain amounts. Um, certain levels of um, pigs might have it kind of high. So if he ate a certain amount of pork, it could show up as a false positive. It was something I was reading up on it when I was doing research on it. But uh, that's highly unlikely. And again, at the end of the day, as an athlete, you are responsible for what <laughs> you put in your body. If it is on the banned substance list, in any sport, you just got to be mindful. Like, you have to take that responsibility.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And, like, like, like you were saying, like, it's it's not something that we want to call out, but it's something that, you know, people that, that watch the game and fans of the game need to pay attention to. Because, yeah, sure. cause, I mean, like you said, when a guy can, can hit a ball out 14 miles an hour, wind blowing in, and he's the smallest guy on the field,
0: you, you know something's going on. Looking at you, Altuve. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, if if, Al, if if Altuve got popped, I, I would cancel the show just because I'm clearly a jinx. And I mean, you don't need to take steroids and the pitch that's coming. Like, that's just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> switching over. So we got two strikes. Switching over to ball one. Looking at the current trends, we just talked about the Phillies, so we're not going to go over them again. Give me a team that you see right now that's trending up.
1: Uh, I mean, I, I, I like your pick from, from when we did the, the, the mid-season show, the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, I really like that trade they made for Hogan. I mean, Ray, like, they've got a decent rotation going. Um, that lineup is as good as any lineup in the league with Vlad Guerrero and Semien and Peasco Hernandez. Like, they, they've got a ton of talent, and, and it's just – the Yankees and also the Rays are playing really well right now as well. But Toronto's right in that mix.
0: I am so hyped for my for my young squad, man. The the minute they switched back to Rogers Center, they went on a tear, absolute tear. Um they are eight and two in their last um ten. And they also had like a seven game winning streak and I think they um
1: they if, were nine and one in their last
0: ten. Yeah. The other day I looked, they were nine and one. Yeah. They are three games back from the wild card. I don't know if Boston's got enough to sustain, man. I I, I don't like what I see out of them. Their bats are a little spotty and in in tight games. And I think you know the thing that's really set Boston apart over the years, when the teams that we have known, uh, was the clutch hitting. Uh, the two, the two strikes, two outs. Like you, you got these dudes pinned back. It's an O two count. They fight you to three two, and then they somehow find a way to get the ball in play and, and score runs. That magic is kind of gone right now. So it's 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 a bit of it's a bit of a struggle for them. Um, my team is going to be none other than the Atlanta Braves. Um, we are balling, scoring runs left and right. I think some of that had to do with the fact that we we had a favorable matchup, uh, a favorable um, bat versus pitching matchup in the last series. But, I mean, we were on an absolute tear. The only team I've seen offensively over the last week or so that has been just as good off the top of my head is the Cincinnati Reds um, because they finally got healthy. But the Reds bullpen is going to let them down. I know it. Just like Atlanta's bullpen is going to let us down. But as it currently stands, both teams are seven and three in their last ten. The (laughs) the Cincinnati Reds are five and a half back, which again, it's unfortunate for some of these teams. Cincinnati Reds are sixty one and fifty two. They're five and a half back in their division, and the leader in the in the NL East is the Phillies at fifty nine and fifty three.
1: Right, somebody's gonna get screwed. Like the the Reds are a good baseball team.
0: Yeah, the Padres are third in their division with sixty four wins, and that would be good for second in just about every other division. So, or it would lead the NL East, but everybody else it'd be pretty much um it would be pretty much at the top. Just like the Dodgers are in second place at, with sixty seven wins, and that would lead everybody but the Rays division. So it's one of those things where it's just unfortunate, but. I have noticed that the bats are definitely heating up in Cincinnati and Atlanta it's going to make again for an awesome finish. Uh, If you want to feel not so bad for the reds, they are only three games out of the wild card, uh, which is, which is not bad at all. Uh, The Dodgers, the Dodgers are at 67. Um, I, I don't think anybody's going to catch the Dodgers or the Giants, you know. Like, the Dodgers are starting to get healthy. I think it's, it's safe to say that one of those two teams will be a wild card team. So that last wild card spot is up for grabs. Uh, the Braves are six and a half back. I don't think we can worry about anybody underneath the Braves, That's the Cardinals, the Cubs. Like, they're, they're, no, they're not going to be anywhere near it.
1: No, but, especially after the Cubs, like, I mean, I don't think the Cardinals are any good either. And after the Cubs really just cleared a house like that. We definitely don't need to worry about them. So yeah, so I agree. I mean I think, yeah, it's between if Atlanta can get hot. Yeah, like I said, Cincinnati's a really good team, and then there's San Diego right there for that last wild card spot in the NL.
0: Yeah, so I would say the the path for the for the Braves will obviously have to go through the division. I don't think it's realistic they would get on a run, to to catch the Padres. But this this Reds team, man, with the bats that they've got coming back, they finally got Mustakis back. Um, Votto clearly is showing a power surge. He's not slowing down. He's he's getting extra base hits left and right. Uh, Nick Castellano has come back, so they are the Reds team that was so tearing. Justin the up. legit. Like, yeah, Winker's legit. back.
1: Yep. Yeah, they're legit. Like they're they they've got legit bats. They can, yeah. they can they can definitely slug it.
0: So the Padres bats have not been all that great. And I haven't checked to see if Fernando Tatis came back or not, but I mean he's. He's injury prone, man. I think we kinda gotta worry about that if you're the Padres. Um yeah, even with but... like just little things that are starting to pile up on him. If he goes down down this stretch, they're gonna be in a lot of trouble. And and the three game a three game lead in August is nothing. Like you might as well be neck and neck. Uh, so you, you gotta get some distance between you. You're in a division with the Dodgers and, and Giants. It's absolutely uh imperative that we yeah. you know that we you know or that they uh get it together
1: yeah mean, the, other, the, only oh, other team, the only other team really out there that we haven't really talked about that's playing really well right now is oakland but oh, we yeah. talked about laureano but we haven't talked about the a's as a whole but like it's one of those weird oakland a's teams like like it's one of those weird teams that you look at it and you're like how is this team playing this well how are they going to make the playoffs um like Matt Chapman struck out like 160 times already, something ridiculous like that. But Matt Olson's like just tearing the cover off the ball. Uh, they still got Jed Lowry, you know, playing decent. Like but it's their pitching. I mean, they, you look at their you look at their pitching right now. They got four guys that are sub three three and a half ERA in their starting rotation.
0: Yeah, um, the the thing about the Athletics. It's just they're one of those teams that that money ball thing is still there like you even with Chapman just absolutely looking terrible uh, you just have to kind of be weary of the fact that they still have a roster of guys who in certain situations when certain conditions are met that one ninety turns into like two eighty five to three fifteen you know and and they all got pop up and down so they they actually, they're actually a team too that had a lot of bullpen injuries early on in the season. Um, but I, I don't think even their organization realized the pitching depth that they that, that excuse me, that they potentially had. Uh, because they they've dealt with some injuries themselves, but you wouldn't really know because they've called up guys who who just have been so good that they can't really send them back down, uh, which yeah, is a good the, problem to have. The
1: worst whip for a starting pitcher on this team is one two six.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's like if we're, if we're being honest, if it wasn't for the Rays, you, people would probably be talking about Oakland's pitching staff.
1: Yeah, I mean, these guys are, are I mean, these guys are killing it. Like their pitching staff is really incredible, but it's a bunch of it's the same thing we talked about with the Giants and we talk about with the Rays all the time. It's it's they're developing these arms that other teams couldn't develop. Like their development system is just so much better than, than most of the leagues.
0: And what we have in that division is somewhat of a, a budding rivalry in the athletics and Astros because you can kind of see when they play each other, the athletics are not scared of the Astros. The Astros smack the rest of their division, but Oakland comes to play when they play the Astros, um, and that could come into play when you've got two games but between and, you. And the
1: other thing about Oakland is they're, they're, they play incredible defense. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like taking L'Oreal out of center field is gonna hurt them a little bit, but I guarantee mm-hmm. you whoever they replace them with can can defend really well as well. Like that's one of the things that Oakland has always been about is they, they play really good defense.
0: Yeah, and um Chapman Chapman uh nothing's wrong with his glove. We, I can guarantee that. Um and and that's one of the things about the money ball style that they have out there. If they're in a game that's tight, when it's zero zero all the way through into the seventh, eighth, ninth inning. They've got the bats that if you make a mistake, they just need to get one or two. And then and then if you're in a situation where uh you got guys who walk people, that makes this team even more dangerous because with runners in scoring position again, I would I yeah, would I mean, look at these to... on
1: base percentages and they, and they that's the other thing. Like they make smart moves. Like at the trade yeah. deadline they picked up Starling Marte. He's got a mm-hmm. four fifteen on base percentage. They picked up James or uh, Josh Harrison. Harrison yeah. He's got a three sixty two on base percentage. Like they went and got guys who get on base. And like you mm-hmm. said, if there if you're walking guys and then it takes one mistake to a Matt Olson or a Matt Chapman or you know, Jed Lowry, one of these guys, Mark Canna.
0: Yeah. Don't they still have uh Scotty too?
1: Yeah, yeah. He hasn't played much. I'm looking at their stats right yeah. now. He hasn't played too much. He's he's kinda of platooned a lot this oh, year, but God. it's been it's been a lot. I mean even even a guy like, you know, they, they picked up Pop and Jan Gomes, a catcher. They mm-hmm. added, you know, they've still got Mark Canna. They've, they've got, uh, they added Tony Kemp from the Astros, who's a guy who's played, you know, five different positions. So they, they're, they like you said, they've still got a lot of that money ball in them where they're very specific with who they trade for and who they pick up, and they get these guys for a specific condition or a specific reason, and they do that job very, very
0: well. Yeah, and... I I mean, there's there's not much else I can say. Uh, I don't and I don't want people to think we're just heaping praise on them. But these are the types of things that really define a team's like final third of their season. You know what you do at the trade deadline when you've already got a a solid core um, and all things considered, I think the athletics went about it the right way. Um, And like you said, they've got a like even Harrison. Harrison is a utility guy like he could play outfield. He could play infield. Um yep. and, and he's a hustle guy. So yep. wherever you put him, he's going to keep Martinez
1: his- as well. There's Charlie is yeah. another hustle guy as well. Like they, they added guys who play hard and can play multiple positions. And that's yeah, that's it, it's just it's it's one of those things when you when you're looking at it. This is the way that the small market teams succeed in baseball.
0: Like mm-hmm. you look
1: at Tampa Bay, you look at Oakland. Like they're not they can't spend with the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Red Sox, but they can develop talent and and take these guys who other teams cast off and turn them into viable major
0: league starters yeah and again this is in a division where the poster child for how to develop young talent and and really run with it is the houston astros honestly i i always look at this and 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 laugh at the fact that we're probably like a maybe a decade or close to a decade removed from when the Astros left the national league and, and went to the American league. And it was essentially what everybody's saying about like Texas and Oklahoma going to the sec. Like, what are you doing that for? You suck. <laughs> right. <laughs> that ain't going to make you better. And, and they made patient moves. They made the right moves. They developed some people. They got a little help from um, some of that extracurricular stuff. But at the end <laughs> of the day, as you can clearly see, they're still one of the best teams in baseball, and they actually gave up one of the better players in baseball uh, in George Springer, who we didn't touch on yeah. in Toronto, but he's getting hot right now, and that's really changing their lineup. Uh, if you think about it, um, since we are talking about you know Houston and Oakland, two of their key components are now on the Blue Jays and, and Marcus Simeon and um, yeah and George Springer, and look at what that those two guys added to that roster of young talent has transformed them into um potential a potential playoff team and you're talking about these two teams losing talent like that and they're still vying for best record in the in the American league. so that's well, I about mean, I think
1: Simeon I think Simeon really speaks to what Oakland is to like a lot of teams would have cast him off a long time ago and Oakland stuck with him for a, like he was not good for a, for about four or five years. yeah, he really wasn't that good. He played good defense and I think that's part of why Oakland stuck with him because they are a team that values defense. But he wasn't a good hitter. But they and stuck they, with him, they kept working, they kept, they kept they kept they kept getting in the cage with him. They kept working with him. And now look at him. I mean he's an all-star.
0: They he's they literally this year. they literally would not move him out to two spot. <laughs> no, that's what so, they yeah. just they're like here, this is your spot, you're gonna figure yeah. it out. I was like, dude, he's batting 160. Come on. Yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, that's that's true. And and um that's again a testament to their organization. You know, we, we don't heap a lot of praise on Oakland. People don't really talk about Oakland. Uh, I know they're having issues with um getting a new stadium and, and some other things. Uh the bureaucracy of of professional sports is getting in the way of of what is really symbolic of the city, uh, and a, a staple of I think the community. Like the Oakland athletics are are a symbol of baseball in that area um and i think they're well respected I mean, by the the few fans that still show up to the games it still looks like it's one of the more livelier stadiums i mean i
1: think as they should be like they've really proven over the course of the last 40 or 50 years that they're a team that can compete with these big market teams even though they're in a small market because i mean you even go look back at the 70s and the 80s and the 90s like the a's were good and they've been yeah. good you
0: yeah. So, ball two Trending down team So we talked about trending up Who's trending down Also, uh, I guess it's only fair to give a little recognition Because I'm a Yankee basher Yankees are balling right now They're winning games They're 8-2 in their last 10 as well I don't know how your 11 games over 500 with such a trash offense But they're I mean, getting I mean, it I mean, done The
1: thing is the, offense is, the offense has played better Since we made those deals Because Rizzo and Gallo really shirt up like the holes in that lineup.
0: Yeah. And they also walk and get on base. So, right. so like, you had,
1: like like Luke Voigt's been out for the year and left field has been a huge problem for them. Like that, the third outfielder, you know I mean? Finding that third outfielder has been a huge problem with Clint Frazier and 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 these guys who just haven't produced the way that they needed somebody to produce. So <laughs> like getting them out of the lineup, and adding somebody who's gonna get on base that has been 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 the biggest difference in the last ten games.
0: Didn't y'all put Giancarlo in the outfield not too long ago?
1: Yeah, yeah, they, they run him out there every once in a while.
0: Man, y'all struggling, man. Get out. <laughs> I see that man. I be like, yo, get off my get off my TV, man. Get off my TV. <laughs> um, but trending down, we talked about the Mets. Um, as one of the teams that were in a position to to be uh, a division leader, and they're going backwards really fast. What other team do you see trending down right now? Uh, I mean, only because
1: I'm a Yankees fan, that the Boston Red Sox.
0: I know that makes it, you happy.
1: It does. It really <laughs> does. The 2-8 and eight in the last 10 games, it really does. I mean, I, I didn't think they were that good at the beginning of the year. And so this this definitely really makes me happy.
0: Yeah, I, again, I haven't put a lot of my time on the on the Red Sox. Um, they, they again, they're just not the teams I'm used to seeing, you know. Um, but I am a little surprised that that they're going backwards like this. Um, at this particular time, I guess I guess some of it could could be attributed to what I said about the the clutch hitting, because
1: when oh, they're losing, they're, they, they, they lost the last four series in a row two of them to the blue jays one to the rays and then the, the worst one of all they lost a series
0: to the tigers yeah and that was the one i was going to say that worried me was the series to the tigers the, the the blue jays and the rays i mean i think they had the rays first and then they went to the blue jays so they were already and they caught the top end of the blue jays um well they got the blue jays pitches. first they got the oh, they jays first,
1: I- then they got tampa bay then they got, then they went to Detroit. and Then they just played Toronto again, and now so they're was, back in Tampa Bay. I
0: was gonna say they caught the top end on, on one of those series. They caught the top end of of the Blue Jays pitching staff. They got Ray, they got Ryu, and they got Barrios in like the same like three day swing. And I think two of those games were were double hitter. So they they definitely didn't catch any um any breaks in that particular series. So it has been tough. Excuse me. It has been tough. They are my team that's trending down as well. A little concerned. Um, I guess honorable mention would be the San Diego Padres, just because they're, they're five and five in their last 10. They just there's a lot of talent on that team, but they just don't have the wow that I expected from from that roster. And then even before the trade deadline ended, there was talks of them moving um away from Hosmer, which I think would be a mistake. Uh, because they need they need somebody in that dugout or in that clubhouse that knows how to win games uh, in the postseason and knows how to win games in the postseason as a. Huge underdog because they will be. Um yeah. and, I, and I know they've got the fire to do it because you know they battled last year and they always battle against the Dodgers, but you still need somebody to be level headed. And I think Haas is level headed. Um, he's been there before, you know, that, that time with the Royals, they were constantly um unappreciated and underrated, and they still found ways to win games. So um I, I think
1: for me the, the biggest disappointment in San Diego is Manny Machado. And like he's not even playing bad, but like it's the same kind of thing with Bryce Harper for a while, where it's like not even close to the best player in the league, and you're getting paid, you know, more more money than any almost anybody. And it's not his fault. I'm not you know what I mean. It's not anybody's fault. He signed the contract that was given to him. And and I understand why San Diego did it as well because you know they've been down for so long. Like they had to show other guys that they were willing to spend money and they wanted to win. But. Like that contract is, he's not performing anywhere close to that contract. And I think that is, that also hurts them as well.
0: I'm going to act like you ain't just low key trying to disrespect my man, Manny Machado, okay? Um, (laughs) Now, I mean, the the contract, he was never going to live up to that, man. You know, I just, and then having Tatis next to him just kind of overshadows him anyway, because Tatis is, is obviously better and younger. And it just kind of leaves it's a like sour taste good, in a lot you know, of fans' he's still mouths. He's a
1: good player. Like, it's not like he's not a good player. He's still a really good player. But like you said, Tatis is overshadowing. Tatis he's a better player who overshadows him, plays next to him. And he makes, like, the, he's like the third or fourth highest paid player in the league.
0: And yeah.
1: I don't think anybody would have him in their top five players in the league. Defense
0: wins baseball. Manny Machado is still the best defender of the third base area. Not named Nolan Arenado. I don't care what Malone says, and anybody listening <laughs> to this, I'll fight you. I can say that in real life. I don't. I won't get banned or muted. Uh, but I'll fight you. <laughs> I'll fight you if you disrespect my man Manny Machado. Right. But not, like, and, and and honestly, if I if I had to go a different route, not even not even trying to be funny, but the acquisition of Paxton, not Paxton, uh, Snell. Uh, isn't going well for them, I, and I thought that, and I'm pretty sure they thought as well, that they would have um, a little bit more stability in that starting pitching staff. No, they're, uh, getting,
1: they're getting nothing out of Paddock either.
0: Yeah, like, like which is which is really strange, because well. Paddock is a ground ball pitcher, and he he his first season or so, like he was pretty good at it.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like they 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 were expecting, like okay, they were looking at it going, okay, they got nothing out of lament this year either. I mean, just not what they expected to get. You know, guys who I think they looked at it, and that's part of why they traded for Snell, and that's why he's a bigger disappointment than the other two because they were looking at them to take steps up. You know, they were looking at Lament and uh, Pat Paddock to take a step up in their development, and they they look like they're both taking a step back. And then you know, you're getting nothing out of Snell.
0: Well, they better get something out of somebody because again, they're only three. They're only three games ahead of one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. And matter of fact, I'm going to do a live update, look at the scores real quick, see what we got going on. Uh, right now, the Royals and the Yankees are tied 1-1 in the top of the eighth. The White Sox are pretty much on cruise control, destroying the Twins um, up 11-1. And the Padres are tied 1-1 with the Marlins in the second. Uh, the Indians won 9-3 today against the Reds, so that does kind of help the uh, that does help the Padres a little, right there. Um, that Yankee game looks to be interesting too. Um, the young man that the Royals pitched out today has some like live stuff. He just walks people, so I mean, I from a gambling perspective, I just took the under because I I was like the Yankees don't hit anything. He's got good stuff. They'll swing at everything pretty much too. So, um, he's gonna you know he's at home. It's a warm night. It should be easier for him to to find the strike zone, and if he finds the strike zone, they can't they can't hit it. So that's where we are with that game. But it's still interesting to see it at one one. The Yankees were actually up one um, nothing in the top of the seventh, and it looks like the Royals tied it on a sack fly uh, in the bottom of the seventh. So that might be yeah, a nail bite.
1: Yankees. Yankees got two on with one out though right now.
0: Yeah, with with my man Giancarlo up. Hopefully he can come through in the clutch. Is the only reason why I even bother with y'all bums. All right. <laughs> Our ending segment, usually we go like a full count with the 3-2 count. Uh, today I felt like, you know, we could end on something more positive. Um, so we're going to end with a base hit double. Um, Malone, the importance of the role of a manager uh, is always understated in baseball typically because the season is so long. But as you and I both know, this is kind of the time when the managers really earn their bucks uh, from August until the end of October. In your in your mind, what's the most important thing about a manager and how does the manager play a role in a team's ultimate success um, in a 162 game season?
1: Like we just talked about earlier, like it's the season's a grind. Uh, it's 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 a long drawn out season, and so you know understanding like we like we literally just talked about with Oakland, it's a mix of all the things we talked about tonight. You know we talked about Oakland being able to understand who's good in what situation and maximizing the player's value in those situations. We talked about a guy like Joe Girardi earlier tonight who is employing a totally different strategy and is you know letting his starter stay out there longer because his bullpen's trash, but that's generating wins for them over the last couple of weeks. And the the hottest team in baseball and it's the little things like that, understanding your team, understanding what you need to do to get them in, and putting your guys in the position to get those wins.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think um, the best managers have a feel for the game. It's part of why I hate Davey Roberts. Uh part of why I don't like uh, s sometimes is part of why you see guys like uh Bruce Bochi was successful. Um Francona was successful. Yes. Um Joe Madden, you know, Madden Tori, like these guys who, who have a feel for the game. And and Madden for what it's worth, he tinkers a lot, but but when it's when it's time to go, he, he's usually got his squads together. The the role of a manager is so delicate. I don't, I don't think, think that's, Kevin... another
1: good, that's another thing about Joe that like understand about the manager as well, is like he's giving these other guys opportunities to play. And so they're ready to play when it yep. comes to that situation. Something happens, guy gets hurt here, guy gets hurt there. The, the next guy up on the team is ready to play. Like look at the clubs run the World Series. David Ross was for that gray beard out there hitting home runs because yep. he had played throughout the year. He'd gotten enough reps throughout the year that he was ready to play in those playoff games
0: and And I also don't think you know when we look on the other side of it, like I don't think anybody will ever forgive Kevin Cash for what he did last year. and And I get analytics, man. I, i'm I'm still on the fence on how much of a role it plays in baseball, how much a role it should play. But at the end of the day, in my mind, when it comes to coaching or managing games, you got to go about what you see, cause every situation is different, and the numbers the numbers don't take into account every single scenario. And sometimes the numbers do lie. Sometimes you get a guy who just catches fire, and and he might hit one ninety, but in this or you get somebody like uh, a Rosarina, who you don't know where he came from, but he ain't he ain't doing nothing but hitting <laughs> home runs. So you just ride it until it ends, you know. You just keep it going yeah. until until it fizzles. And I feel like at the end of the day. When you have an ace, this is what you pay your ace for. You need to allow them to get out that jam. You ride or die with your player um, in some of these situations. And I, I would say, you know, the Rays probably, if they could go back, I know he said he wouldn't do it over again or he wouldn't change anything. I, I find that hard to believe, all things considered. Um, we, I've saw, uh, you know, Buck Showalter, do something like that uh, in a series in the postseason um, when he put out Ubaldo Jimenez and, <laughs> and series Jays and you got Zach Britton literally warming up in the, in the bullpen. It made no sense. And they lost that game. Uh, same yeah, with Kevin I mean, Cash, you know, he pulled his it's pitcher.
1: I was just saying, it's like I talked about earlier. Like it's, it's instilling that confidence in your players throughout the 162 game season that when it comes down to it in the playoffs, you have trust in them to win these games and perform in these moments.
0: You know, so you you gotta you got to have a feel for the game and and at some point just say screw the numbers go with what you know. But again, this this if you like X's and O's or strategy, this is kind of the time of of the year where baseball gets a little bit more interesting for the people who who just like to see the the battle of the minds. Okay. Um, so keep that in mind when you're watching some of these games because again we're kind of at that point in the season where you don't need to be watching the the Marlins playing the the Pirates like it's a pointless game okay you need to be watching the Dodgers you need to be watching the Padres you need to be watching the Braves the Reds the Giants the Brewers the Phillies um the Yankees the Red Sox the Athletics the Rays the White Sox and Houston actually you don't even need to watch the White Sox but the Astros, those are the teams you need to start watching because those are the teams that are going to be potentially fighting come next month for the final position in the postseason. All right. So um, is there anything we didn't cover, Malone, that you wanted to cover? Um, no, nah, I think we got to pretty much everything we wanted to talk about this week. All right. Um, We will be back next week with uh, with an update, Um, depending on what goes on in the baseball world. I think we do need to continue to follow these um, these teams that I just uh, the teams I just named. I think we need to keep following them pretty closely. But um, next week, I think we'll we'll kind of work towards trying to predict what the standings will look like at the end of August. I think that'll be an interesting episode to see if we kind of come up with the same thing, because I boldly predicted that the Blue Jays would overtake the Tampa Bay Rays by the end of the season. They are currently about eight games back, <laughs> but they're trying. It's just the the Rays keep winning. If the Rays could yeah, go two and
1: eight, yeah,
0: if the Rays could go yeah, if the could go two and eight, we might see something. But again, we'll we'll try to work through the standings again. We've got teams like Boston is is going backwards, and the, and the Yankees and the Rays. I mean, the Yankees and Blue Jays are going forward. And it could be that, with you know, within the next week, we have another player in, in, in the mix with a team like the Mariners who could catch on fire and, and hit about 63, 64 games by the time we get on to our next episode. And that will make things even more interesting. So, for the full count, I almost said backdoor cover again. For the full count, I'm your host, IBS Jesus and my co-host, Brian Malone, and we're signing off.